We used to, years ago, today is the start of the legacy. And legacy is important now for us for what I just told you. And I love you guys dearly. And I believe we can do anything we set our minds to. I believe anything we set our minds to, we can accomplish it. But we can never get down in the dumps thinking that, God, we've made a mistake. There is no mistake in God. We used to sing a song years ago that said, Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. You remember it? I'll go with him. I'll go with him all the way. All that sounds good, and it's a great, great song with a wonderful intention. But when he leads you, do you really want to follow? Do you really want to go his way or your way? That's a question that has to be answered today in your mind. We sing songs we don't mean. Where he leads me, I'm going to follow. Yet when he says this is the direction, we say, oh, I don't know about that. I want you to remember that mankind sees things differently than God sees it. Why? Our way is limited by our sight. Our way, my way, your way, it's limited by what we see. But his way is limitless. Limitless. His way is eternal. It's perfect. His way is led, it's always led by His Spirit and not by sight. So He's not looking with His eyes as His prophets, He'd say, don't look with your eyes, fill with your spirit. Have you ever heard somebody say, don't go with what you know, go with your gut? That's important. Because what they're talking about is what's happening in your spirit. I want you to remember that God is calling us out of, he's not calling us into mediocrity. He's calling us into greatness. What I've talked about today is not mediocrity. You can't be mediocre and do what we're about to do. You've got to get on a stick and say, we're going to be great. We're going to be great. But pastor, I have a plan. I'm glad you have a plan. But your plan is meaningless when it comes to God's where he leads me, I will follow. I have a plan, but remember the plan, the plan that you have is only as good as the planner. And the planner's experience. How many of you all want somebody to build your house that's never built one before? How many of you want your car to get fixed by somebody that's never picked up a wrench? No, you want somebody that's got a good plan that has experience. And if the planner, the planner has limited vision or limited sight, then the vision will be limited. The purpose and the destiny will be limited. There's one thing about this church. We've never been limited in vision. We've always seen things that others said can't be done. And that's what I faced all my life. You can't do it. It'll not be done. When the bank, I went to get the loan for this property, nobody was standing with me. Pastor Kenny remembers it. People were saying it'll never happen. 
Pastor Michael, remember, I walked in the bank, and I'm going to tell you exactly what the man said. I met with him, and he wrote out the contract. He said, I'm going to submit this, and he went and submitted it to the president of the bank, which became a friend of mine later on. I was a friend of his until he retired, and he's younger than me. <laughs> and he said to, to Lewis, was his name, he said, man, I really feel this young man, and I, I really feel that he can do what he's saying he can do. He's, he's really got an inspiration. And here's what the president of the bank, and don't get offended, I'm telling you what he said. He said, so we're going to loan $275,000 to a damn inspired or inspiration. He wasn't going to do it. But guess what? God had another plan. God had another plan. And that's where we started out. People saying you can't do it, it'll not be done. You might as well fold up and quit. We never even entertained quitting. I have never thought about quitting. In all my years when people, after COVID and everybody quit coming to church, I never said, I'm through, I'm finished. No, it made me angry. I'm thinking we need to, for God, because God deserves better than this. He's not limited in purpose, plan, or destiny. You see, God not only stands in your yesterdays, but he stands in your todays and in your tomorrows and in your eternity. God stands there. I want you to turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy 1 verse 3 in the ESV, English Standard Version. He said, why do you choose different versions? Because it's easier for you to understand. He said, in the fort." 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses spoke to the people of Israel. That was his people. Just like we spoke today. You say, well, you're just Bishop Allen. You're just old pastor. Well, I might be the voice of God. Have y'all ever entertained that thought? You'll think about it when you're dying and you say, I want you to pray. You'll really think about that. Moses spoke to the people, he was his voice, of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him in the commandments to give them. What did Moses do? Moses spoke what all of God wanted. What I spoke today was what God wanted. I am convinced that's what God wanted. When I told my wife, and she was the only one that knew it, I said, there's something about to happen. God is going to do a new thing, something that's never happened before. And other people will say it will never happen. I'm not going your way. Now let me say this. If you're not going my way, get out of my way. Because we're going somewhere. You're going somewhere. God's going to lift you to a new level, a new dimension. See, now I'm getting a little excited in the spirit. Somewhere we've got to wake up and realize God has his hand on you. He's not waiting around. He can't wait for you to, to, to man up or woman up. He needs you to man up and woman up now. You've had long enough sitting in the pew. It's time for you to start lifting him up. Moses spoke all of what God wanted. 
There's been times in my life that I spoke what God wanted and people challenged me. We can't believe you said that. And I said, why? God told me. He spoke to me. He said it. Somebody asked me, what are you going to say today? I said, I don't know. I said, I don't go by a script. I'll go with what God says to me at the time. That means I may leave something out. But I'll promise you in the next few weeks or months, I won't leave nothing out. We'll get it done. Now turn your Bibles and thinking and knowing what Moses did. He was calling his people, God's people, to something. Deuteronomy 1, same chapter. Deuteronomy 1, verse 6 through 8. The Lord our God said in Horeb, you stayed long enough at this mountain. For those theologians that study this out, you're going to find out they stayed there. Coming out of Egypt, they sat around that mountain for a year. Finally, God said, what is your problem? Y'all are short-sighted. You're limited in vision. You're not listening to me. So watch what he does. You've stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighbors in Arabah in the hill country and to the lowland in the Negev and by the seacoast, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon. He's showing them the boundaries. This is what I want you to have. As far as, as the great river, the river Euphrates, see, I have set the land before you. I've set the land before you. I've set the land and possession before you. Go in and take possession. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and to give them and to their offspring after them. What did he say? He said, listen, children of Israel, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. What do you mean, pastor? There comes a time in our lives when we need to discern when we've outlived our stay. Outstay. Stayed our, li our living too. What do you mean? Have you ever had a guest come to your house that didn't know when to leave? We've outlived our stay. We don't even realize it. Now let me say this to my family here. We've outlived our stay. Fun time's over. Work is before us. We have to get the job done. We cannot fail because now people are looking to us for, for, for support, for strength. We cannot fail. The question you must ask yourself today is, that, am I a pioneer or am I a settler? You need to ask yourself that. Am I a pioneer? Am I wanting to stay up and take up, uh, uh, get a view of the mountain? I want to stay at the mountain? Am I happy with yesterday's bread or do I, want, or do I seek something fresh? He said to the children of Israel, or, and they got unhappy they wanted manna, but they were unhappy with yesterday's manna. Are you unhappy with yesterday's manna? I don't know about you, but I seek something that's fresh. Am I satisfied? Are you satisfied with yesterday's experience? Well, I got saved, man. Let me tell you. When I was like, I think I was eight years old, and I was saved, and saved, satisfied, and dead. You've not grown since you was eight years old. Somewhere you've got to wake up and realize God's calling you to a higher level, a greater dimension. He said it to his people. He said, when you should have been teachers, you're still babies. Yeah. 
You need milk, and I want you to have meat. Many of you sitting here, it's time for y'all to reach out and get some people into the house of the Lord. You say, well, I can't do it. I'm seeing several sitting there that's got people in the house. Other people, you've invited people. You've got them to come into the house. It's vital. It's important. I'm, I'm not satisfied with yesterday's experience. I desire fresh oil, fresh anointing, a fresh touch of the Spirit. That's what I want. I believe we have stayed long enough at the mountain. What mountain, Bishop? The mountain of complacency, apathy, weariness. But the Bible says, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. So I don't want to be at the mountain of complacency. We've gotten comfortable, Floyd. Has anybody ever gotten comfortable doing something that you didn't like in the beginning, but then you got comfortable with it? It hasn't changed what it was. You changed. Think about that for a minute. It didn't change what it was. You changed. We've gotten comfortable with what it is. Watch this. We've gotten comfortable with what it is, but not what it can be. You see, I want what it can be. B. Why? Because what is takes no faith. What is takes no foresight. What is takes no vision. But what can be takes unswerving vision and faith. How many people want to live in the what can be? I hope you do because that's where you need to be. What can be. As long as we stare at the mountain... Build us a nice window to just stare at where, what God was doing. We will never gaze into God's reality, into his promises, into his destiny. We'll just be staring at the mountain. That's stopping us, defeating us. Notice in the scripture he said, turn and take your journey. Turn and take your journey. Go. <clears throat> turn means something. If I tell you to turn, what does that mean? You just stand there and look at me. Turn. Take your journey and go. You ever told your kid they sent it looking at you like a calf in a new stall? He said, what are you waiting for? <clears throat> go. It denotes a direction. He's saying here, you've got to go in this direction, <clears throat> but in order for that to work, you have to change your mindset. The way you see things. You have to do that. God is saying this direction that you're at right now at the mountain is getting you nowhere. How many of y'all have been, let's be honest, how many of you have been at a mountain and you're not getting anywhere? We're going to pray about that today. Come on, look at the hands. You've been in a mountain, all you do is see that mountain, whatever it is to you, and you're got, you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. Well, I'm going to tell you today that changes. I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of looking at the mountain. I want to be on top of the mountain. Because on top of the mountain, I can see forever. God is saying, go into this direction. Because where you are is getting you nowhere. You're going to have to change your direction. But in order for a shift in direction, there has to be a shift in your thinking. 
In other words, let's make it practical. A lot of us, we think church has to happen at a certain time. And I'm going to tell you, it can happen at any time. One of the biggest prayer meetings I ever had was when I told everybody one night, one day, some of you may have remembered it. I said, we need to come together and pray. I said, I want you to be here at 6 o'clock in the morning, and we're going to pray. Remember that? We were having a, a meeting with Shuttlesworth. Everybody showed up. Why? Because we had a common purpose, a common goal, and we wanted revival. Our minds had to say it. This is what we want. This is what we desire. Terry, you just got to be hungry for it. If you don't hunger for it, you'll not get it. So the mind has to change. And as long as all you want is to be comfortable, you're never going to get anywhere. You get comfortable in a job and you just do the same thing every day. Every day. Every day. But I'm going to tell you, in God, you get comfortable, you'll never see his glory. It doesn't matter how old I am, I'm learning things. No matter how old I am, I don't think I can do without God's house. I have never said, well, I'm not going to church. Never. How can I say that when I am the church? You are the church. And God's called all you pieces together. Listen, God's been good to us. I saw Butch last week, and he was smiling from ear to ear. Why? Because God touched him and healed his body. I mean, that's, that's just fact. What I want you to know is God is just about to pour out something that we've not felt in a long time. But you must turn, as the Scripture said to the Lord, you must turn and see. See, I have a land before you. Seeing is sight. We need that sight. We must have clarity of vision. We have to see the future, not just today. The future is greater before you. It's not behind you. It's not in your past. It's not even in your present. It's coming in front of you. We have to see it. Then he says in the scriptures, go in and take possession, which says to me, you got to do something. You got to do it. You got to do it. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to them, to give to them here's legacy. You want to know legacy? Here we go. To give to them and to their offspring after them. That is legacy. So stay with me now. We need to understand that we are part of a story. Turn to somebody and say, we're part of a story. Maybe it's a fiction. I don't know. We're part of a story that started long before we got here. Our story is a continuation of the story God started in former generations. What do you mean? It started with my grandfathers and their fathers. It went into my uncles, my father's brothers. And now it is in me from my father. Legacy. Legacy coming down and into my sons. Legacy. And it also encompasses, Pastor Kennedy, all those that carry on after me. 
A hundred years from now, whoever ministered the gospel under the auspices of this ministry, it's because of us. How many people understand that it's because of you? Say it's because of me. There are people right now that are in heaven that supported this ministry, a bundle of them, enough to fill up a church that are in heaven right now that if they had not given, if they had not supported, you would not have a place to sit today. But they gave. They, they worshiped. They were here. And God wants to work through us, say us, to help others arrive tomorrow. You say, that's not important. I'm going to tell you something. If I said today I'm retiring, God has no use for me anymore. So, Bishop, that's cold. I'm just telling you what I know. He has no need for me anymore. I'm not useful to the kingdom anymore because I've shut my mouth. He said, I don't want you to do that because, see, God has a retirement program. And when he retires you, you're gone, baby. You're out of here. Several of my friends have gone on to be with the Lord, even this last this week. Major ministries. Major ministries. Gone to be with the Lord. Boom, gone. Why? Won't name them, but they forgot who they were. Never forget who you are. We are people of past, present, and future. That's who we are. And God who lives outside of time. See, time doesn't affect God. It affects us. And God who lives outside of time is present in all, all three, past, present, future, all in one. He's in all of them. He knows the end from the beginning. He is taking us somewhere. He's taking us somewhere, Randy, we've never been before. I've never been this way before. I've never wanted to do what we're doing. I was totally against it until God said, now wake up, son. I woke up in the emergency room and he said, you're listening to me now? I said, yes, sir, I'm listening. I was in that room by myself. My wife had to go because we weren't planning on being in the emergency room. I'm laying there by myself in the most pain I've ever been in my life. I said, now, God, what in the world is going on? He said, have I got your attention? And he got it. And things that I thought that I would not say, would not do, that I would not entertain, God says, watch this. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you greatness. See, I'm excited. Because when God says something, he's going to bring it to pass. I'm almost through. Not really. But the God who is already in our future is calling us to where he is. What is that? To walk in our legacy. By definition, legacy is the long-lasting impact of particular events, actions, etc. that took place in the past or of a person's life. My daddy, his legacy, before he died, he said, son, you're doing everything that I would do. That's legacy. Legacy. 